Let's try that. There we go. Good morning, sunshine. We'll get worship started off this morning with uh, Lord Reign in Me. Over all the earth you reign on high, every mountain stream, every sunset sky, but my one request, Lord, my only aim, is that you reign in me again, Lord, reign in me, reign Yeah. 
Scripture reading today will be from Colossians 1, 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or all rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him, and he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body of the church. He is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell, 
and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of his cross. Good morning, church. Let's go to God in prayer. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for this day. We thank you for every moment, every moment on this earth and every moment in this family and help us not to complain or to get down, be it weather or society or whatever it may be, but to, to look to the, the greater goal, the greater picture and uh, dwell in Dwell in your family, dwell in your arms, and dwell in your place. And please remind us, please help us to, to live there and let that light shine and help us to always remember how, how short this time is and what a fleeting life, what a fleeting piece of time it is and help us to make the most of the time and the relationships that we have on this earth. I just want to thank you for all of my blessings and all of our blessings as a as a family, as a church, and please help us to always keep that attitude and portray that onto those around us. Be with us this day and help this worship to be uplifting and beneficial to all those involved. In Jesus' name, amen. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Calling for you and for me. See on the portals, he's waiting and watching. Watching for you and for me.
the world. 
took on a, a wintertime project that I've been thinking about for many years. I've been putting it off. Didn't really, didn't really want to have to do it. But like a lot of you out there, I had a cabinet full of VHS home movies. 19 to be exact. 19 six-hour VHS tapes that June and I talked about needing to put those on something digital or convert them over, do something because, you know, those old tapes don't last very long. So I, uh, I know you can send those off and, and pay to have them converted. So I thought about that, and then I, I know you can do different ways. So, but I, uh, I'm not the most high-tech guy, but I found a little device on Amazon. It's about the size of a large cell phone. It's got a LED or a LCD screen on it, and you basically just plug your VCR into this thing and put either an SD card or a flash drive in it and hit play on the VCR and record on the little device and it, it just converts them over to digital. I mean, maybe you're all aware of it, but it was, it was a pretty neat little thing I found. So, so I bought it and I set it up down in the basement. So for the past few weeks I've been, when I have spare time, I'll put a tape in, hit play and record and just walk away. And I told myself, I said, don't, don't sit down there and watch those. Don't do it. Well. I did. I'd sit down there. I wouldn't have anything to do. I'd go down because it's got a little screen and the sound there. Thing, so you can watch it. So, so I sat there and I'd watch some of them. And you know, watching those old movies, some of them go back 30 years. 
33 years to be exact, uh, it's kind of bittersweet. And you know, you're watching those those old home movies, and you see you see loved ones, family members, and, and a church family that's no longer with us. And uh, you see you see little people this big <laughs> who are now this big, and they got their own kids now. And I see I see some of us who used to be really skinny and have a head full of thick black wavy hair. And, that's that's not there anymore either, so it kind of be kind of a downer. But on the other hand, there's a lot of moments there that uh, bring back some fond memories, and I uh, so I'm watching it. As soon as something would be on the screen there, I was like, oh, I remember. I had forgot all about that. I, I remember that, and it takes me back instantly. My mind would go back to how I felt when I was in that position, whether it was a kid's ball game or vacation or birthday, where it was, and I can remember how I felt then. I, I remember the thoughts that I might have had in my head at that particular time, so it, it's pretty neat to watch, to watch that come about. So, uh, so I was thinking about that, and you know, thinking about a relationship with the Lord's Supper, and you know, the Bible's full of, of verses that God wants us to remember. He wants us to remember what he's done. He wants us to remember where we've been. And I jotted down just a few of them here. Uh, Deuteronomy 8.2 says, And you shall remember the whole way that the Lord your God had led you these 40 years in the wilderness, that he might humble you, testing you to know what was in your heart, whether you would keep his commandments or not. In Psalm 143 it says, Remember the days of old. I meditate on all that you have done. I ponder the work of your hands. And then Isaiah 46 says, Remember the former things of old, for I am God, and there is no other. I am God, and there is none like me. And Psalm 111, verse 4 says, He has caused his wondrous works to be remembered. The Lord is gracious and merciful. And these are just a few that I, I found. Uh, there's, a, there's lots of verses that God wants us to remember. And as we partake of the Lord's Supper this morning, we know that it was instituted by Jesus the night that he was uh, arrested and and died for us that he said to do this in remembrance of him and you know we get up here a lot of times and, and the guy will, guy will say you know not just at this time but every day of the week and I think that's that's really a key statement I mean this is our formal worship where we uh, proclaim the Lord's death till he comes again but every day we we should think back about what's been done for us make it like Jamie's lesson make it real make it real this was not just a fable or not just a story it's real it really happened God's son gave his life for each and every one of us, and it should, it should do something to us. It should make us live different. It should make us think different, act different. And uh, we need to maybe take a look at our lives, where we've been, you know, like these home movies. See what all God has done for you in your life. I know we all have stories to tell. There's things that God has brought us through that only God could have done. There's blessings there's just a life full of wonderful things that God has worked in each one of our lives. So some things to think about there. If you would, just uh, bow with me and we'll give thanks for the bread. Father in heaven, we thank you so much. Thank you, first of all, for being our God, allowing us to be your children. Father, what a blessing. That's just a mouthful of words that we don't really comprehend all, the, all that that means. Lord, we thank you for the gift of your son. We thank you for coming to this earth living a life of example, showing us how we need to live, showing us how to love, Lord, and for ultimately 
paying the price for our sin and overcoming death, Lord. We know that sin and death are two major problems that mankind has, and you took care of it, Lord. So today, as we partake of this bread that represents your son's body, we pray that we will remember. We will remember that gift. We remember what you've done for us, Lord, that we would hang on to that each day of our lives. Lord, we just thank you for Jesus. It's his name that we pray. Amen. Let's continue our thanks. Our Father in heaven, again, we just want to pause and thank you so much for loving us so much that you were willing to take our place on the cross, Lord, and we ask a blessing on this fruit of the vine that represents Christ's shed blood, the blood that washes our sins away and makes us white as snow before you. Lord, I'm reminded of your, your word that says that uh, our life is like a vapor, and it's funny, watching, watching home movies, we can think Wow, that just seemed like yesterday and it's been 30 years. So pray that we would take our relationship with you serious, Lord, that we would be uh, fully committed to you, Lord. Forgive us when we fall short, Lord, and pick us up. And most of all, Lord, we pray that we can just love you more each day and love each other. And we pray this and give thanks in Jesus' name. Amen.
We shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the grove with humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of song, glory and honor and dominion unto the Lamb, unto the King. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah. We sing the song of the shall assemble on the mountain. We shall assemble at the throne with humble hearts into his presence. We bring an offering of song, glory and honor and dominion unto the Lamb, unto the I'm in the glory land way. 
Good morning, sunshine. It's fine to see you all out this lovely morning. For you winter lovers, there you go. Hope you're loving it. So um, let's pray together and we're going to press on through this today, okay? Father, thank you. It is good to be here. And Father, it's good to see um, you in all your glory, um, looking at your family here. Father, and those who are online that we, that we, we, don't, we don't get to see uh, this morning. And Father, it's just neat to be here and watch uh, snow and ice and all those things. You're good. You can do anything. You're amazing. And Father, I pray that you would settle those kinds of things in our hearts because we know that, that you um, work in us and through us in magnificent ways. Uh, Father, and, and um, I don't always buy into that. Sometimes we kind of, yeah, we get twisted with all of that, Father. So when we see the weather and we see your creativity, we see the, the changes and the moves and the awesomeness, Father, help us to uh, remember greater than weather, greater than all the creation, Father, you love us, and your love is aimed toward us, your grace is aimed toward us, your mercy is aimed toward us, and help us to be those who believe that more and more and more. Bless us this morning, and pray that you would move me out of the way, God, and you would feed us and serve us, because um, we need you, and we love you. In your son's name we pray, amen. And you know what we're doing this morning. Again, good morning, it's good to see you. Um, the last few weeks we talked about, right, the be real, we introduced that, and then we talked about about love and the depth of love, the unconditional love of God, the incredible, relentless love of God. And then last week we talked about joy, the, this incredible joy that God offers us. And we, and we actually dared to say that God is a happy God. He's a joyful God. And we, I think you can, uh, I know, maybe not, maybe we may not all be so good at it, but I know you can find that all through Scripture God's joy, his happiness with himself, with his creation, with his people. And, uh, and so, you know, we, we, we are those who struggle with those things. And this week we're going to step into peace. And we, and we talked about this be real, and we're, we're just for a moment, that, reminding us that anything contrary, and, and, and in this being real, we talked about the fruit of the Spirit, that anything contrary to that, contrary is a funny word, anything that is not of the fruit of the Spirit, right, is you're not living real. If you are a child of God and we are children of God, then it is, and it's, it's, it's a, imperative is too soft a word. <laughs> um, you, you were born and you ate and you drank and you grew. You ran and walked and muscles grew. Your, your brain fired as you learned things and you just kept on growing and growing because you were a child, you were a person, you were living alive and well. And so it's very, it's, it, if, you, if you're st just staying in Scripture, there's a reality to this story that God has invited us into, invited us to live into, and the, and the reality is this, that if you are his child, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, it is your growth chart, you're a kid and you run up to the wall and maybe your parents marked how far you grew recently. Oh, look how strong you are. You can lift that box of cereal all by yourself. How awesome. But there's always a marking. There's a marking. There's a marking. It appears to me that so many of us who profess Christianity, profess Christianity, think the marking is how well we stand against everything instead of four. 
We, we make it a badge that we will not roll with the world and we end up with hatred and bitterness and strife and anger and all the things that really are called the acts of the sinful nature come to life in us and it's aimed at the world. Now, the mark of your Christianity, the mark of your being made like Jesus is the fruit of the Spirit and the fruit of the Spirit alone. There is no other marking. So if you've determined that you're a guard for the, the church, you're off track. You're wrong. And today's the day to repent. Today's the day to change your heart and put this thing in front of you, this fruit of the Spirit, and understand you will not make yourself a better Christian. You will not make yourself more holy, saintly, or anything else. The fruit of the Spirit that you were marked in when you gave your life to Him, He will come to life in you. Enough with the intro. Let's move on. We know that the world is looking for something, and you are too. We're all looking. We're part of the world. We're in this thing. We said last week, right, looking for love, joy, peace in all the wrong places. And just like joy, right, when, when we look at joy and we see it as something that is dependent on or happiness, it's, it's a dependent on happening. That's the world's definition of it. I know when we say happiness, in the world's terms, then we, we move it over into the, into the godly things, the godly realm, the heavenly, the spiritual, and we say happiness or joy. It's like, wait, I get confused. No, no, the world defines happiness or society, whatever, as something based on happenings. As long as things are happening well, I'm good. As long as the money is good, the house is good, the car is running, and my health is good, and she loves me, and he likes me, then I am good. When everything's falling apart, I am not good anymore. That's how the world looks at life. Rich set up here, right? And in the communions, you're looking back, you know, things aren't the same as they used to be. Well, some folks tank out right there. What's it all about anyway? I just want to quit. The happenings are great, but they don't always happen exactly how we want them to happen. But Jesus, on the other hand, introduces us to a happiness, a joy, and a peace. And the world's peace is the same way. As long as things are good, I'm at peace. Just let me buy a house in the country instead of in all this hassle. Let me get away to the beach so I'll feel better. Everything will slow down. There's a good happening here. I can't afford to go. Oh, no. Suddenly things are happening and I can't deal with this. And everything ramps up. My stress ramps up. My anxiety ramps up. Everything ramps up. I was at the beach last year with Kristen and Kendall. There's this guy. You know, you, you, you go through, I, I don't know what it, what it is, but if there are people around me, eventually I need to talk to them. I've got to say, hi, what's up, or something. And, and there's this guy here, you know, and he, he looks like he, maybe he's a part of the mafia or something. And uh, it's weird. But um, eventually, hey, how are you? And I kept moving. He's like, good. And I just kept moving. I'm like, I've got to work into this a little bit. And a little bit more the next day. Finally, like Wednesday, I'm like, so how's your vacation going? He's like, it's awesome. I'm like, that's cool. He said, how about you? I said, really good. He said, I just, I just hate the thought of going back home. This is wife and kids here. I'm like, yeah, what's home like for you? And he said, well, I work in the factories or the warehouses in Chicago, and I hate it. This is what I want. I didn't think we we're going to be able to come here. I didn't think we could afford it. But we just kept putting money back and putting money back and putting money. It breaks my heart because he thought he had peace. And we talked and we, you know, had some deeper 
wonderful conversations, but, but his peace was away from the factory. What we're going to talk about today is that, that, that Jesus brings peace in the warehouse. Jesus' peace is wherever you are, whatever you do. And so with all those things, you know, so, so the world offers us this, this, you know, based on, based on what's happening, Jesus brings peace that is not dependent on anything except him. So, so joy last week, we talked about joy would be exuberance. If joy is an exuberance, then peace would be tranquility. So joy, we're partying. Yeah, this is awesome. And if you can imagine God partying, if you can't, just imagine the prodigal son coming home. Imagine the lost sheep or finding the lost coin. Then you'll get an image of heaven celebrating and it won't crush you. You actually, wow, God actually is happy sometimes. Peace is tranquility. Joy is, yeah, and peace is like, sup, I'm good. We're good. Get on the, this chairlift with Tyler and Luke. The last time I was skiing with my bro Tyler and He's like, well, I just kind of put my arm around him. You know, we raced to the, to the, the bottom of the mountain. And, and he's like, what are you thinking about right now? I said, I'm not thinking about anything. He's like, what do you mean? You're not thinking about your wife and daughter? You're not thinking about Chris and Kim? I said, no, I'm right here with you. And I'm right here with Luke. I'm nowhere else. I've got nowhere else I can be. You've got no other moment, right? We, we talk about this all the time. This is your moment. It's the only one you're promised. So whatever else is going on, God says, in that moment, I'm with you. And I'll bring you peace. And if you, if you don't, you know, struggle with, if you do struggle with those moments, just remember our songs are good for you. You know, we say, when peace like a river tendeth my way, or I've got peace like a river, I've got peace, or there's a peace that floods my soul when the Spirit of the Lord is in control. And there's an assumption that when you sing those songs, you know what that means. But I think it's a pretty good indicator of our world and our lives and our own struggle with worry and fear and anxiety and depression and the kinds of things that hit in season and out of season, that peace is a very fleeting thing. And we be careful when we say those kinds of things because then it's like, yeah, but you don't understand my life. I, I know, but Jesus does. And he says, I got something for you. And here's some of the things he says to us, okay? In, we're going to press, oh yeah, there's love and joy, in case you missed that when I was talking about it. Jesus replied, this is in, in John 14. Anyone who loves me will obey my teaching. My, my father will love them and we will come to them and make our home with them. Anyone who does not love me will not obey my teaching. These words you hear are not my own. They belong to the one or the father who sent me. All, the, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things and will remind you of everything I have said to you. That's good. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give you. I do not give to you as the world gives. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Do not be afraid. Yeah, but I don't know. Um, okay, so how about John 16? The time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered. The church is going to, the, 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 the apostles are going to be blown up. Jesus is going to die. 
Each to your own home, and you will leave me all alone. And yet I am not alone, for my Father is with me. Everybody else is going to leave me. You're going to scatter, but I am not alone. I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. I'm telling you, you're going to abandon me, and I'm still going to have peace, and I will give you my... And he says, I say these things so that in me you may have peace in the world. You're going to have trouble, but take heart. I've overcome the world that where I am, you may also be, right? That there's, a, there's a hope for you. There's a peace that, that floods our soul for real. There's a peace that's promised to us. But the deal is not, Jesus did not come. And here's a tough one for us. We keep waiting on Russia and Ukraine to settle down so we'll know that God is bringing peace. And we keep hoping that, that the United States will, that you won't stay in conflict all the time. And that maybe people will stop shooting one another everywhere that we go. And that the, the market will settle down and things won't be so bad. And are all these storms really about global warming? When will the storms ever settle? When will God bring peace? And God never said that. There's a misunderstanding when the angel is, is introduced to introducing this truth to the shepherds when he says, peace on earth, goodwill to men. We, we think he's saying peace on earth and goodwill to men. He's not saying that. He's saying peace on earth, goodwill to men. It's, a, it's, it's full. I've come to give you peace in the middle of this crazy. Remember, Adam and Eve invited, introduced sin and brokenness to this world, and it will be broken so the Lord brings healing, but he's bringing healing to you every day. He's bringing peace to you every day. So, so what would the peace look like? And have you ever struggled with pulling in to peace? And, 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 when, and the, the story that jumps out in my mind is just to, to understand, if Jesus says, my peace, I leave with you, then I, I need to know that Jesus has some kind of peace. I need to know he's got some kind of peace. And you know the story. Jesus is asleep at the helm, right? Or asleep, asleep at the ship, in the ship, in the stern of the ship. Apostle disciples are up on the, on the, on the deck um, doing whatever you do as fishermen. And a storm comes, a furious, furious storm. And the waves are crashing over the boat. And the boat's filling with water and it's going to sink they know it's going to sink and their words to Jesus is don't you care we're going to die <laughs> they're not saying this is bad hey we got some water issues we're taking in water no he says don't you care we're going to drown we're dead we're dead meat this ain't going to happen it's not working and Jesus in all of this whenever they are so at so stressed and so worried he's going through the same thing they're going through he's fully human the nails on the cross are going to hurt, and they're going to make him die. So he's capable of drowning, right? It's, it's possible that when this ship sinks, if this ship sinks, so he gets up, and, and he just simply says, peace, shalom, shh. And it all settles down. Doesn't wake up in a tizzy. He's not wringing his hands. You, you don't serve a God of a, that's a hand wringer or worry ward, or a pacer, or oh my goodness, what's going to happen next? Imagining the worst all the time, the worst, the worst, worst, it's just as bad as it can get, what can happen after this? Shh, be still. Where's your faith? And, and the story, <laughs> this is funny because they're really scared of the storm, but not nearly as scared as they are of him now. 
<laughs> they were like, they were terrified. They were afraid. They're like, who is this guy? <laughs> they saw the storm. They know it was going to take their life. And he just said a few words, and it's gone. I thought I was scared of the storm. And so then we develop an uh, irrational, hopeless fear of God. I'm afraid of him. Instead of a reverent honor of God. I was in a flight to Honduras a few years ago. This is not easy to tell. I've probably told it before. <laughs> had, a, had a surgery and just kind of never dealt with um, um, claustrophobia before that I know or that I can remember. But we were flying in and they told us before and, and Amber and this guy's had told us on the phone, you know, there've been a lot of fires, the weather's been kind of weird. They've had to leave some planes taxiing for a while. So we're going into Honduras. This is not common, not normal. It's just once. So don't decide you're not going to Honduras. Um, pilot comes on, hey, there's a lot of smoke uh, from the fire. So it's weird because they have these big rains and then the rain would go away and then, you know, things would dry out pretty quickly and then there's a fire and then there's a lot of smoke. We're going to have to kind of hang out here for a while. And so like an hour later, he comes back on and says, you know, um, we're running a little low on fuel. And uh, that's not a good thing to hear. And, uh, and so, so he says, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna go up to about 53,000 feet. You really fly about 20 or 35,000 feet. Now, I don't know what all this means. All I know is it's a whole, it's, if you're uncomfortable flying at 35,000, it is not the same. You could say it's the same. It is not the same. And so we're up there, and I'm thinking, I'm a long way from home right now. And then I got this weird feeling creeping up in me. And I'm, I'm in the seat, and Tyler's beside me. Luke is probably in the bathroom. But I remember this fear. Like I, I wanted to say, let me out. <laughs> but you know, you don't, you don't get out. And it hit me, I have no control. And, and I think I'd convinced myself all my life that everywhere I go, I have some level of control. Even when I don't, I'm, I must have lied to myself that I have some control. Because you don't have any. You have no control. Nothing. When you step, not your next heartbeat. You don't have your next neuron spark. But I, had to, I must have been convincing myself I had some level of control because I knew right then I have no control. And I wanted to run up and down the aisle going, Let me, do you not know who I am? I'm nobody. <laughs> That's what I want. Come on. You've got to let me out of here. And in my mind, you know, I'm banging on the cabin door or the, the, the door of the pilot's place just for like 15 seconds. Just, just like, hey, I, and I'm like, Jamie, come on, bro. <laughs> you, you have to settle. And, and I just, and, and, and for real, I just said, God, you got to give me some peace because I'm feeling a little weird right now. And I breathed, and I breathed. You know, the, 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 the uh, counselors would tell you, the psychologists would tell you that, that when you start having a stress reaction, anxiety, anxiety reaction, you got to breathe because the only thing your fight or flight um, reality will listen to, your rear brain will listen to, is your deeper 
breathing, right? Your breathing will, will, will notify your room. Well, listen to anything else. But your breathing, it still works together. You can calm yourself. And I remember breathing, breathing, breathing. I'm good. We're good. You're still really high. I still got no control. And then the pilot comes on and says, hey, we're going to divert to San Pedro Sula, which is the worst city anywhere around there. We're told never to go to San Pedro Sula. I'm like, okay, so this is good. We go to San Pedro Sula, and there, you know, our, there's a guy that works, the flight attendant that worked with. We got to know him because he's there every year. And he's like, because, of, hey, we're going to San Pedro Sula. My brother works there at the airport. I'm going to introduce you to him. He brings his brother on the plane, and we all talk and laugh and tell stories. <laughs> it's like, this is weird. But it all ended up so interestingly cool that God did something out of that misery, peace. Nothing changed for me. The situation didn't change Nothing changed. I'd like to tell you I do that with everything, but the reality is the promise that Jesus gives us is not that your situation will change. He's changed a lot of situations. But what he says is I'll be with you in that. And, and he says, my peace I give you. I will leave it with you. And so, and so the things that God promises, a couple of things we need to look at, and then we're going to keep on moving today. But in, in talking about peace, and Jesus saying, my peace I leave with you, my peace I give to you, I don't give it like the world gives it. It's different. I don't give and take, give and take, give and take. I'm going to give you peace. The first thing he offers is peace with himself. And that's the, that's the greatest peace we can ever have. He offers us peace with himself. Romans 5, 1 and 2 says, Therefore, since we have been justified through faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him, we have gained access by faith into this grace in which we now stand, and we boast in the hope of the glory of God. We have peace with God. That's what he offers us. That's what he gives us. And this peace of God leads to, he leads us to, this peace with God leads us to the peace of God. And that's really important. That's really important to hang on to, right? It's really important to think about. The peace with God leads us to the peace of God. God. Jesus said, my peace I give to you. How? He made peace with us through his sacrifice, through his blood being spilled. So when, when Jesus talks about peace, he's not talking about that everything's going to settle down. What he's saying is, I'm going to make peace with you. You were lost. You had no hope. I'm going to die for you. You give your life to me. And in those moments, then through the spirit of God, I'm going to begin to give you the peace of Where do you get that peace? That's one of the mysteries that we, we've, we, we don't hang on to. It's not so mysterious at all. You have no peace until you, let the, until you snuggle up close enough to the Spirit of God that he can give you his peace. There's no alternative to the fruit of the Spirit. It's one, but it's full. And has nine characteristics to it. You can't pick and choose the ones you want. Well, I want love. I work a little bit on self-control, but there's a bunch of jerks I work with, so I don't care so much about gentleness and faithfulness. No, 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 no. It's a full, okay? It's a full, yeah, you know, but the peace of God, peace with God leads to peace, the peace of God. 
So, so he, Jesus on the cross, made you at peace with God. And as the fruit of the Spirit comes to life in you, you gain the peace of God. Through Jesus, through the Spirit doing his work, you've got to say that right. You've got to say that correctly. When you, now, you know, God, Old Testament, Jesus walked here, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Paul writes of a story, but he says, the new, the comforter, the completer, I'm going to send him to you. You need to stay in step with him. Why didn't you have any love or joy or peace or patience? Why are you so tapped out in patience and kindness and goodness, faithfulness, gentleness? So what do you think the world is something you've got to com- compete with and overcome? Because you're not staying in step with the spirit of God. And then he leaves the peace with you. And one of the greatest difficulties we have in the world of ever meeting the world where they are is we have no peace with us. We're in competition with them. We're not in love with them. We're not in hope for them. We're in competition with them. They don't like us, so I don't like them. It's like, what are you talking about? Jesus said they never liked him, and you're his, so they're never going to like you. Stop thinking that you're different. You're not better than Jesus. You are him in the flesh. And so he says this to us. He, he leads you to peace with yourself. Rejoice in the Lord always. I will say it again. Rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all. The Lord is near. Let your gentleness be evident to all. Sound like a fruit of the Spirit. Do not be anxious about anything. He didn't stutter. He didn't struggle around here for words. He says something's going on. There's something weird afoot. Satan's got a hold in the world, and the Spirit's trying to get a hold in you. Don't be anxious about anything, but by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And the, and the, the, um, the uh, peace of God, which, listen to this. You've taught this since you were a kid. Transcends all understanding. I should not be at peace with this right now. This should not be okay. But I find myself oddly, if Christians should be the most happy, joyful people in the world, then Christians better be the most peaceful people in the world. And if you don't have peace, there's only one reason because there's only one spirit who gives it. There's only one place you find it. It says the peace of God which blows away any comprehension of it. It will guard your hearts and your minds. The peace of God will guard like a garrison around, like a guard. It's like the military around your heart and your mind. Where do you fall apart at? Where do we fall apart at? Here, here and here, right? The peace of God, he will stand guard for you in Christ Jesus. Finally, brothers and sisters, and here's where you get these places. Whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Man, <laughs> put those things up and then make a list of the things you really think about every day where your mind goes, where your heart goes, where, what causes the falling apart, the, the stress and the obsessive wrestling and thinking and overthinking and wondering if the worst is going to happen every day. 
But he goes on, okay, because this is what he says, number one, and we've got to step on this. So I'm going to try to stop talking, just read a few scripture to you. The peace with God leads to the peace of God. So he connects you to him, but then he connects you to you. And he says, I know you. I know you well. And I know why you fall apart and why you struggle and why you battle. And I'm here to help. But I did not come just for you, for you. I came for you with me. I came for you with you. And I came for you with the world and with the church and with everybody else. You are not made to be a wrecker of everything. You're not made to be the guard of everything, to be the fixer of things. You're made to be a peacemaker and a peace lover and a peaceful person in Christ. And so he says, then it's about others as well. It's not just about you. You got to get busy doing peace with everybody. Everybody. It's a great indicator of Jesus at work in your life since it is a fruit of the Spirit. And if you don't have it, well, it's one of those things where you say, I'm sorry, but everybody knows. I wish I could have told you before it was out here in public. But everybody knows you got no peace. Make every effort to keep the unity of the Spirit through the bond of peace is one scripture we got to go through. Colossians 3, 15 through 17. Let the peace of Christ, the peace of Christ, rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Let the message of Christ dwell among you, that's us, richly, as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and spiritual, and songs from the Spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. And whatever you do, whether in word or deed, do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks to the Father, giving thanks to the Father through him. And so this peace, it, it rules, right? We keep teaching these things. We say these things to one another. Shalom, my brother. When the Lord takes pleasure in anyone's way, he causes, what? How are you doing with people that don't like you? How are you doing with people that want to do you harm? Well, God's intent is peace. And the last verse we'll read today. This was the scripture reading, and we'll be finished here. The Son is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation through him and for him. He is therefore all, he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body, that's us, the church. He's the beginning and the firstborn from among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him and through him to reconcile, make peace, that's the word, reconcile, we're bringing us back together, to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. There's, there's your invitation song. Here's your invitation. Jesus offers you incredible peace today. He offers me incredible peace today. If you're his child, you, 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 you have access. It's already yours for the taking. Peace with God, 
means you have the peace of God. And then he goes right after you and says, this isn't enough for it to be some dreamy little thing. I need to see it in your life because I love you and I want my kids at peace. All of them, which means you also got to go after making peace with everyone. And if you struggle with that in any way, our elders, man, we're all working on this together. So if you come forward, they'll come and pray with you. Or you can call them. You can call Tim or myself. We'll give it our best shot. We're trying to grow in this as well. But it's not acceptable that we're not there. But it's totally acceptable. We're on the way. We're in the process. God is doing a work in us. Be patient. It's a work in progress. If you've not given your life to him today, one of our elders up here, when, they, when you come forward, they will baptize you into him. Man, you could walk away today having been united with Christ. And whatever your desire, why don't you come as we stand and sing. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home. This world anymore. Oh Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. They're all expecting me, and that's one thing I know. My Savior pardoned me, and now I onward go. I know they'll take me through, though I am weak and poor, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. Oh, Lord, you know I have no friend like you. If heaven's not my home, then, Lord, what will I do? The angels beckon me.
to see you guys out here this morning. Um, really good to be here. Um, thanks for being here. Uh, it's been a really good day. Kind of cold and nasty and rainy and wet outside, but in here, um, what a great day it's been. So um, it's really good to see you. If you uh, are visiting with us this morning, whether you're online or uh, here in person with us, we, uh, we're thankful for you. And we're glad that you're here with us. Um, if you didn't get a chance to pick up a bulletin on your way in, make sure and do that on the way out. I'll try to hit um, most of what's in there uh, while I'm here this morning, um, but I'm sure that I won't do some of it justice. So make sure and pick up your bulletin on the way out. <clears throat> as far as prayer requests go, uh, make sure and look through that and be in prayer for all of those on there. Dolores Gamp um, earlier this week took a fall and broke a bone in her foot. And uh, through that, uh, and Teresa, you'll have to correct me if I'm wrong, but through that, they uh, discovered some uh, issues with her heart as well. And uh, so in, she ended up spending a couple days in the hospital. She came home yesterday afternoon or yesterday evening. Uh, she's actually not at her house, but she's with Mark at his house. Um, and uh, they're getting her medicine adjusted and getting her uh, heart, heart stuff back fixed, but, but she's still got... Uh, that broken foot as well so make sure and remember her in your prayer i'm sure that she's watching this morning and if you are dolores we're praying for you and and uh hope that you uh recover quickly so um i think i said all that correctly anyway so um you can see Teresa uh, or jeff are back there for for other updates on her but just be in prayer for her uh, i know that she uh, misses being here and uh, being with you guys so um, pray for a speedy recovery there. I don't have any other updates on any of those that are on, on the prayer list. Um, a lot of different things coming up this weekend. Uh, the girls winter lock-in. Uh, make sure and see Sharon if you're planning on uh, being here for that. And there was a sign-up sheet back there that may still be back there. I'm not sure. But make sure and get your name on that. Um, that's this coming weekend. And Sharon's cell number is there in the bulletin if you're planning on doing that and, and are not on that sign-up list. The Men's Wild Game Dinner, this is something kind of new to us here at Sunshine, but, but it's been going on for several years up at, up at Howes Mill. It's just a good time to get together with the guys. Um, there's a sign-up sheet back there in the back. That's Friday night, February the 3rd. Um, it's kind of a fundraiser for the church camp. Uh, the cost is $25 per person, but like I said, just a good time to get together and fellowship. Uh, and try something a little bit new. They're going to be having ostrich steaks this year, so I'm kind of looking forward to that, uh, something that, uh, that you don't hear on a daily basis around here anyway. So, um, But if you want to do that, uh, get your name on that list. I'd like to have at least know who's uh, planning on doing that by this coming Wednesday because there's kind of a cutoff there for, uh, the, uh, for the price anyway. Uh, the Father-Daughter Gala is coming up, and that's on Saturday, February the 4th. We always... Uh, need a lot of people to help out with that and I noticed that there's two sign-up sheets back there number one is on the welcome center and that's for cookies and number two is on the glass right here in the back of the uh, of the auditorium and that's for helping set up and tear down things that Saturday um, morning and evening so um, that's coming up really quick um, there's still tickets uh, here at the church office or at the Memphis pharmacy Winterfest signups are still going on we still got a little bit of space for that so look in there um, for all you junior high, high school, and college-age students. Um, that's for all of you guys. Uh, make sure and get your name on the list. We do have, uh, if, if, if money is a holdup, we do have some people that, are, that are, have uh, donated some money for uh, 
the cost of that. So make sure and either see me or Jamie or Tim and our cell numbers are there in the uh, bulletin. Home groups are coming up. Uh, the spring home groups are going to be upon us really quick. Um, they're going to start March the 19th and go for four weeks. Uh, actually, it's going to be a five-week span, but we're going to skip uh, April the 9th, which is uh, Easter Sunday. Um, but there's a list on the Welcome Center back there, too. If you're willing to open up your house for home groups, for the, for the spring home groups, be sure and get your names on that list as well. So that'll be here before we know it. Um, there's just all kinds of different things going on, um, plenty to, uh, to get involved with and be uh, involved with. We've got our classes going on here tonight and Wednesday night. We'd love to have all of you back here with us um, for those. Um, and then in closing this morning, um, earlier this week I saw uh, someone's meme or something on, online or on Facebook or something that was talking about the stars of the universe and how great and how powerful and how, how big our God is. And it reminded me of Psalm um, 147. I'd like to read that to you this morning. And then something that kind of hit me as I walked out of the house this morning, too, um, that's kind of neat about this scripture is it, it talks about those little ice balls that we saw this morning and how God uses that to refresh us and do things. So um, Psalm 147 says this, and we'll read this and then we'll be dismissed. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. How good it is to sing praises to our God. How pleasant and fitting to praise him. The Lord builds up Jerusalem. He gathers the exiles of Israel. He heals the brokenhearted and binds up their wounds. He determines the number of the stars and calls them each by name. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. <clears throat> the Lord sustains the humble but casts the wicked to the ground. Sing to the Lord with grateful praise. Make music to our God on the harp. He covers the sky with clouds. He supplies the earth with rain and makes grass grow on the hills. He provides food for the cattle and for the young ravens when they call. His pleasure is not in strength of the horse, nor his delight in the legs of the warrior. The Lord delights in those who fear him, who put their hope in his unfailing love. Extol the Lord. Jerusalem, praise your God, Zion. He strengthens the bars of your gates and blesses your people within you. He grants peace to your borders and satisfies you with the finest of the wheat. He sends his command to the earth. His word runs swiftly. He spreads the snow like wool and scatters the frost like ashes. He hurls down his hail like pebbles. Who can withstand his icy blast? He sends his word and melts them. He stirs up his breezes and the waters flow. <clears throat> he has revealed his word to Jacob, his laws and decrees to Israel. He has done this for no other nation. They do not know his laws. Praise the Lord. And that's just, uh, just really powerful and talks about how great and how powerful our God is. And I'm just reminded of that today. And every day, if you'll stand with me, we'll be dismissed in prayer. God, today truly is a great day. Thank you for um, the blessing of being here today. Dear Lord, I pray that our songs and our words and our encouragement have been, have been pleasing to you, dear Lord, have been uh, bring a smile to your face. Dear Lord, as we, as we leave here this morning, I pray for peace. Dear Lord, I pray um, that we can live our lives in peace, that we can... Um, Learn to love each other and put up with each other, dear Lord. I pray that, uh, 
that your love overflows through us and that we can emulate that more each and every day. And dear Lord, for our families and our friends that we'll see today, I pray a blessing of uh, love and joy and a good time today that we can spend with each other. We love you and thank you so much for your son, Jesus. And it's in his name that we pray. Amen.